What's the deal? What's the deal? We back again, man, here at Riverside Studios, man. Politicking the podcast. We got a special guest today, man. A fashion mogul, man. He's just a, a entrepreneur, a mover and shaker, man. A, a man that's out here, you know, living within his purpose, you know, and, and moving. So with no further introduction needed, man, uh, Ajabar. How you doing, brother? So, uh, did I pronounce the name Where's right? Where's Ajabor? Got to say the boar. The boar. Mm-hmm. So, not bar. Ajabor. You know how to say the ja mm-hmm. from the, the Jamaicans. Ja. Ajabor. So, speaking of Jamaican, are you Jamaican? What is your nationality? No, um, I'm just like all the rest of you. I'm a historian, so I know the truth. I'm a, a Hebrew Israelite. I love that. I love that. You know, I preach that a lot to people and they think that, you know, Israelites are like Muslims and you get stuck trying to educate people. So I just more try to point them to the information instead of trying to preach to them. You know, just, you know, a lot in this information age, you got to do your own research, man. Don't just believe the next person. You can't. You can't become a Hebrew Israelite by uh, accepting a title. You have to become that by accepting the spirit of, of, of your ancestors because according to um, the Torah, um, Yah put, uh, there's a DNA in the scriptures. The scriptures is not loose, but anybody mm-hmm. can attach to it and read it and, and receive it. No, it has a DNA in it, okay? And it's a bloodline, and that and, and that DNA come out of that blood, out mm-hmm. of that blood. That's why our blood is being shed here and mm-hmm. been shed throughout history. So it's a sacrifice. The sacrifice, sacrifice have to be made right. None of our people, other than the ones like myself and others, who already know who they are and have already don't come to that finalization. But we ain't worrying about numbers because according to the way that Yah speaks to us. He's gonna finalize it with you gonna understand it one way or the other because he's gonna he gonna close the doors to your rulers. Yeah. And when you close the doors to to your rulers, you ain't gonna have them present to present for 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 the fault of an excuse. Mm-hmm. You know, you're gonna have to at that time and point and say, Well, okay, yeah, I heard and I studied, show myself approves. If you ain't did anything in that that area of because that's what y'all asked us. He said, "Steady, show yourself a proof. Working with me, not be ashamed, right?" Mm-hmm. He let us know that he started the, he started this creation at the same time. He wants you to be on point with. It. He don't want you not not know. He tells you he wants you to know it. Yeah. He tells you to put your face in it, you know, because this is the power that you'll have in the time of darkness. Because darkness rules un, underneath light, mm-hmm. and as long as the light don't decide to give itself the greatest shine it can get, then the darkness are always seem to be present. But as soon as the light turns on, you know that man, when mm-hmm. like the light is on now and the darkness is gone for, for the for the for the next 12 hours. Yeah. When that 12 hours up, darkness will begin to slowly appear. You understand? So when I, I remember coming up in a Christian Baptist churches mm-hmm. and we were always taught about Moses and Abraham and you know, the promised land and King David and King Solomon. We were told these stories, but with kind of vague context. So when I was an adult, when I revisited these stories, you know, it really just shed a light on our own personal plight as far as how we need to understand our own history and where we come from and understand that these stories are about us. 
Yeah, the stories is about us and the stories is real and these stories need to be told the way that they should. Well, I'm gonna tell it to you right now, but the stories should have a long time ago should have really been told to us. Uh direct. I don't care. You know, you shouldn't let no fear the most I said he did not give us the spirit of fear. So you have to ask the question, how did it come up? Came about came came through do uh an extraction, you know. When our people begin to appear and in, in, in running from the Roman government during 70 AD and they ran from that government and they and over a million and a half of our people scattered scattered themselves out throughout the uh African, you know, different parts of the, the southern and northern and eastern parts of Africa mm. and so on. So so speaking of that, how do you feel about a lot of the youth? wearing unks, you know, and kind of practicing chemitism now and, and going back to that, saying that that's well, our African roots and that's uh, that's our religion. So it's, we see a lot of the youth going into chemitism and wearing unks and, and this symbolism that they really don't well, what understand. I see is a, a, a series of things. I say that at least one thing for certain, they are trying to make a visit towards where they from they, they're still not conclusive um uh our people since 19 the 1920s or so on has been practicing then a, a variation of different type of religions trying to get to a certain height spiritual that what they're all looking for in the burial or each of, of these uh of discoveries is the act of freedom is what they're all trying to get to at the at the very end or whatever it is that you tied yourself to, it's freedom they're trying to get to. It's not the title that they're involved in, that they're practicing for certain knowledge and understandings. They're trying to get to a point of freedom. Okay, that's that's been the cry for 400 years, freedom, 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 freedom. When can I get out of here? When can I get out of this conscious, this conscious, this, be, this believed conscious that's been passed down from generation to generation to generation to generation, it seems like it's no end. That's, that's why, these are uh, variations every time a, a new generation come on the earth in the 21 years span and this generation is now old enough to ask questions as a grown person they they're in the exact same shape and form as these generations four or five you know uh, generations before them because of the excuse of acceptance this is what slows the process up when you say okay i want to find out where i'm from but i'm comfortable where i'm at mm -hmm. you just created two fences you see, so it's going to be difficult for you to go free. The scripture says, come up out of the world. That means that there should be nothing in the world that should draw your interest. Why? Because the kingdom of the most high is inside of you, revealing to you all day, every day is existence. The very measures of it, the very principles of it, the very rulership, the condemnations of his powers. So if you dare, you exercise in that. You do just like the most high, you become part of the Godhead. And what I mean by that, that's just reaching to the level of angelic beings. Mm -hmm. To have a Godhead, you're not reaching, because it's nine orders, we're the 10. So if you're going to get a Godhead, you're not getting the head of a cherubim or a sapphire, any of them. You're getting a Godhead, it's an angelic being, a, a, a night level creature. Mm -hmm. They call angels. Yeah. And some people, when they say, I want to be God, they, they, that's all they're saying. They don't realize the, uh, they're not saying I want to be like a chair being a separate or all the rest of these other orders, all right? Or the, of a dominion, or you know, it's a, it's a number of different those orders. They're not, you don't hear humans trying to reach that level. They always say God here or God, but it's just that's just the second heaven. 
and then it's war in that heaven right now. Yeah. Right, right now. On heaven and earth. And, yeah, but it, it, it leveled from the third heaven down to the second heaven, and then it was it was in district brought down here uh, when they began to start entering into the, the daughters of men and participate themselves into the affairs of human, human beings. Mm -hmm. And so the only thing I can say that you have to be careful of is that the, the skepticism of that information is still alive. It's still, it's still uh, like a, a shadow that covers over you because what it does, it gets you caught up into that history, that information. You see people making uh, documentaries on it and things of that nature, and they keep expelling that information to you instead of them saying one thing for certain. Say, look, y'all is not in neither one of those arenas, the, the third, the second, uh, the first. It's not in neither one of them. He, his, his, him as the creator of all of that represents the totality of their existence quite naturally. Yeah. But is his presence there? No, that is not the paradise of the most high, those three heavens. So what was your upbringing? Where did you grow up in? Uh... Well, when I was born, one thing I can say, I can say two things. It would be very unique me saying this today. I was first born hum human by my parents. Mm -hmm. I was born in the nation of Islam under the teaching of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad in 1958. And um, I, I went to the to the temple in what, 62. I, 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 I studied at the temple as a child there. And I was introduced to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and some of his constituents. My, my parents then was in, in that association with him. My grandmother's the one who made those famous crowns he wore. My mm -hmm. grandmother's the one who made those. And um, they kept me um, in that knowledge for quite some time as I got older and older. And uh, my father was uh, a, a great researcher of knowledge. And he, he 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 was a person who really wanted to have understanding like Malcolm and all the rest of them during that time period about the conclusion of things. Now, the only thing I can say that they didn't know at that time was that y'all had not opened up a window to pour out the spirit to bring the revealing the truth that regarded his people. He kept, he got, y'all has, has closed the eyes at a certain time period, many during the 1600s is when he closed the eyes so that we wouldn't fully bear witness to all of the suffering and, and devastation that would take place this 400 years that's been promised for us to go through. And you ain't gonna escape one second of that. You're going to you enter into that 400 years, which is in the 1619, and it concluded itself in 2019. And it's, 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 it's something that is, it has to have, at least now that we're in 2021, it has to have an exact reality of why those 400 years passed. It cannot have no uh, confused men about Christianity, Islam, and all that. Uh, that's got to be dismissed. Mm -hmm. And, and this, uh, that's what I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to tell you. Uh, that's why the scripture says, study to show yourself approved to Yah, mm -hmm. not to nobody else. You are to do just like you seen Yahshua do. He took the following 30 years and, and he concluded, which is the three Godheads. He, he did the 30 years of study and then came before the journey to be baptized to receive the remission to speak. He had already had the knowledge and the talents. He mm -hmm. had the skill. He had nine, nine skills. He came before John ready 
you know. And and if you listen and if you watch this carefully, see exactly how he was able to overcome. You see exactly why people are so bewildered about this individual, calling him Jesus and all the rest of the stuff. Jesus, it's a reason for that. Uh -huh. But understand this stuff because, like I said to you, number one, for Christianity and all that, they just want to go to the Godhead. Uh -huh. If you listen to that carefully, or you know the realm that represents Yah, you'll know where these people are trying to go and where they're not trying to go. These people are not trying to get to the most high period. They tell you every day, but, but because our people are ignorant of what they're saying, they're not realizing these people are not trying to get to the devil. That's where they're trying to get to. That's where the, the devil is at. They're trying to get there. They're trying to get to heaven, the first that went above us. That's where they want to go, but it's confusion up there. Okay. They know it, but they want to go there because they know that in a minute you and I are going to fully be oh our eyes going to be open. When that happens, they won't stand a chance of it, of existing at mm -hmm. that time. It, it won't be no more room for that existence once we come into that. And we're just about at the pinnacle of that now. Mm -hmm. Okay. But this is the true story. In Deuteronomy 28 chapter, there's a story in there that talks about Moses when he gathered all the children of Israel. All the 12 tribes mm -hmm. and he brought them before him before this camp before uh the great mountain of the most high and um the most high had had previously previously earlier that day had counseled moses to do all of this because he wanted to speak to all the children of israel and remind them how he found about them mm -hmm. so as we know in that scripture it goes on to say that all the 12 tribes came before the great mountain of the most high and the most high spoke out of a cloud and began to start telling the children of israel that you know how beloved they was to him you know what I'm saying how he chose them and not nobody else. Okay, how he had in his heart he had decided to give them the whole world, as he had promised in Genesis 10 to Abraham. Uh -huh. Okay, when he put them in a deep sleep. Okay, so he wanted them to know I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to make you above all nations, and other nations will be subdued by you, which we had already had done already. Uh -huh. Okay, through wars. So he was allowing us to know. That at this time and this point, if you keep all these commandments and all these laws that I've given Moses and Aaron, and, and I have passed these through you and through the, the high priestess, I've taught this to you, okay? And I, and I taught this to you so that you will realize that what I'm doing is establishing you with a greater and a higher knowledge than the heathens, yeah. the Gentiles, mm -hmm. whatever you, how they want to be, the yeah. who are not called by him. And he said he's going to establish this everlasting understanding in our spirit and heart that they do not have. But we are, you know, we have been chosen by him to receive this. Now, it's nothing that Israel can say uh, uh, when, when you when you examine the entire um, uh, preview of when the first when the promises first began to start appear to Abraham. Yeah, it, there was nothing that. Uh, we as a people did that made the most high one this was just something that was the most high really what the most high want to do is show how he made heaven earth you know i'm trying to say in there's 12 parts so that's why there's 12 sons yeah. so there's 12 months so the so they 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 say that mm -hmm. one son was banished and it was 11 tribes so what is no, what no is what is all of that that, that that no 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 it cannot happen so that means know, that that'd be the case yeah. we gotta take one month off uh, we gotta take one month off of this year then yeah how would that fit in? We will never have a year then. You would never conclude a year. Why would you take something away that would that would disinfatuation? Yeah. So you know how the especially with mainstream media, they're they're 
they're run by the Jewish mm-hmm. and with with programs like Nick Cannon. Mm-hmm. He had a uh, Professor Griff on his Cannon's mm-hmm. class mm-hmm. and Pro- Professor Griff was talking a lot of the knowledge that you're speaking mm-hmm. right now. And that he had a few comments where he said that blacks are the original Jews and he ended up mm-hmm. losing his show and kind of being blackballed from the game from this. Then you got movies like mm-hmm. gods of Egypt, mm-hmm. you know, where these gods of Egypt and everybody in the movie are white and how Hollywood whitewashes everything. Mm-hmm. So everything that you're speaking to history and, and mainstream media tells us otherwise. Okay. And uh, again, too, now I'm going to put this to you to a test. This is, this is simplicity here. Again, I'm speaking about during the 28 chapter, right? Show you how important the chapter is. Now, there's a section that started the 17th verse that begins to arrive itself towards curses. Mm-hmm. These curses shall come upon you. Okay. Now, if you just write down all of those curses, just take your little tablet, write them all down, every last one, and then film your eyes to the world. Look and see who has fulfilled those curses. So I got to do. Many people have done it, so they say able to know who they, they want. Mm-hmm. Just take those curses and see who they fit. Wherever they fit, you know how they said the shoe fit? Mm-hmm. Okay, the glove Like thing. Cinderella? Yeah. They went around <laughs> trying to shoe on everybody, trying to find who you. Cinderella was? Whoever it fits, mm-hmm. whoever the picture fits is who the people are. Mm-hmm. Because remember what it says. It says, this is a sign from Yah. The curse is a sign between Israel and himself. Mm-hmm. It is not a dead sign. It's a lot. It's a livable sign. You find it through your historical research. You'll find it very, very easy. When it start telling you at the 68th verse, it says, you shall return to Egypt again mm-hmm. by ship. By the way, from which I told you, but you should never see it again. You will be sold as a bond man and a bond woman, but no one will buy you. That means that if you go back to the book of Leviticus, you see there was a law imprinted in there by the by the, uh, the high priests. Mm-hmm. That was amended by Yah to the high priests that, that, that delivered to Israel. What it said at that time, it says that at the time when Israel was splitting up property and it was dividing land up, okay, there had to be a city a central city within the four borders of each of the communities of the Israelites. Mm-hmm. All a city to escape, a city of refuge. That's why it's all throughout the Bible, refuge, refuge. That word came about because in case an Israelite, for instance, got caught by a native you know, people outside of his own people, and they wanted a ransom, right? give me this, that for them, all right? Well, at the time, they could go and ransom, buy them out. But in this particular event that we enter into when we enter into them ships, he said, this event, nobody be able to buy you. Why? Because you, you, what, you was taken from your, you wasn't really taken, when they kept you, you wasn't taken from your homeland. You, and, I want, and I want this knowledge to be introduced to black people right now. I, I really do, because I know how ignorant some of our people mm-hmm. are at home. I'm not against that, because uh-huh. ignorance... You can you can turn that into uh, a more successful life. For for me, is 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 hard because 
coming from an older gentleman, it's more well received. Mm -hmm. But coming from a peer, it's just like, oh, you're preachy, oh, you're weird, mm -hmm. or oh, you on that other shit. So, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, it's not that I don't preach this word, mm -hmm. but a lot of times I preach it to deaf ear. It's okay. Um, you'll find the um, the importance. Just like y'all, he don't just come down to anybody who said they want to believe in him. You may not never hear from him. Your whole existence. Okay? You can believe in him. I don't mean he's going to speak to you. Okay? Mm -hmm. um, that's because don't everybody listens to y'all. Don't everybody see y'all for the way he's trying to explain himself. Mm -hmm. um, they don't, they did, they really didn't come to him wholeheartedly. Like he said, your all your heart, mind, and soul got to come. Can't bring some of you, a part of you. You leave the other part, you know, wherever you parked it at. You know, y'all see all of that. Y'all wants every drop of you when you come to him. Mm -hmm. That's how he starts your program. And that's how you'll know person got y'all in them fulfillingly. Because that person will be just like y'all said. He'll have all of the knowledge of y'all in him. He will. Because he studied y'all with all his heart. He didn't want no nothing else. And he grew and grew. Because one thing that the Most High taught us, he said that this knowledge is beyond silver, beyond gold. He said there's nothing in earth that can prepare it. That, that can you can prepare it. I mean, you know, bring it into competition with other seat, whether it matches, that's nothing. Mm -hmm. Period. It breaks the bond of all things because there's nothing on earth. Because all things, first of all, came from up, up above, downwardly. Okay, so there's nothing genuinely here. Everything that's why the Bible says shadow. Everything that's a shadow is it's, it's, it's just what it somewhat appears to be like, but not the actuality of it. Okay, that's why even when you read in the 21st chapter of the book of Revelation, you notice that they talk about the few trees that grow there, they have a different appearance and a different time expectancy than the ones we have right now. Yeah, okay, so you already know that what we're seeing is a shadow, it's not the evidence of all things, it's, it's, it's a test, it's a trial to see whether you really it's like somebody you know saying, you know, hey man, you know. You want to get into this rap game, you know, in order for you to be like a JC or nah, you got to go through these loops. You know what I'm trying to say? If you don't reach that last loop, you back back to it. You started that, all right? So, you know, there's an instruction book that tells you how to get to each loop. You know, I mean, that's what it takes to get to this, this mm. distance to, and, and what you have to do when you once you get there, what performance have to be in, in preparation and so on and so on. And, you know, you have to be on point. You know, how you think Yeshua was able to reach to the point that he got? He's the only person in the earth who ever spoke of y'all and had nine extraordinary gifts doing it. Other people have a gift, two gifts. This man had nine. He overshadowed everybody. He made sure when he got ready for the race, well, nobody going to compete with him, period, mm -hmm. to this day. Yeah. So that just shows you the difference between somebody who makes the preparation for overcoming Differently to somebody who heard of something overcoming, but never knew the general role or the instruction that led to it. All right. I never put your whole heart to it because you didn't really realize what it is to be a light. You know, yeah. to be a light is to have influence over the world. That's what a, to be a light. The, the light is that you have reached the pinnacle of understanding that most humans haven't even gotten around to even those people who you call your peers and your masters. Okay. Like, first of all, number one, it arranges you to realize you cannot live on this earth without understanding how heaven and earth and sea and all that is made in it. 
has a similar continuity to your own design, but you the master of all of it. At the time of creation, when it was first brought and set in its, all of its parts, and each of it was given dominion, the ocean was given dominion, the dry land was given dominion, the, 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 the beasts of the earth was given that section of dominion, and so on and so on. But the Most High told the man, this particular man, he said, not only am I going to give you dominion, I'm going to bring you up above and bring you above all the rest of my creation. And that's something that lacks a, a principle of evidence for us trying to reach Yaka. People have let these other religions come into our society since the 15th, or literally since the 13th, 14th, 15th century, and so on. And they did it through force, through brutality, through, through, through the negligence of, of shedding the blood of people to, in order to enhance or either enforce their government today. That's why the government is going to crumble and fall because of the way that they projected themselves into it. They did it through force. Blood. Mm -hmm. So he's gonna have to re re return on their head in the same pattern that it, it would have been different if they did it through a a point of generosity. Mm -hmm. You know, like I know y'all the children of God. So so a lot of people are comparing mm -hmm. this new hip hop like cult like following mm -hmm. as like hip hop is like a new religion, and, and mm -hmm. people like Kanye West have made the statement multiple times mm -hmm. where hip hop is for most part like the new wave the new religion as far as how popular is getting around the world as far as how people worship and you know idolize these these artists the way that the the whole industry is branching out i think that hip-hop is really the new religion well um we don't need a religion in our actuality i mean if, if i'm on earth just like everybody else i could be affected by anything that's happening i'm not um hip-hop ain't no religion really period it's it's just it doesn't have anything else to qualify itself for, for, for right now it, it has nothing else to step into secondarily so quite naturally whatever is fluent right now it's going to be something that's people going to ba basically you know follow and attach themselves to until something else comes along like say for instance uh when rap first came out in the early 80s okay hmm. um it, it it didn't have uh you know no type of competition to it in the for the very first few years had none then they said you know this the generation that followed out that began to co compete with each other you know mm -hmm. everybody you know rapping against each other on the streets but they didn't start primarily like that when, when curtis blow came out he was doing um i guess you can call happy raps yeah well, well you look you look at it now yeah. and they got hip-hop museums yeah. you got kanye west he's mm -hmm. doing church performances yeah. where mm -hmm. it's not really gospel music but it's not succular music so right. he is falling in this gray area and he's calling these you know these concerts church right, right. and he's having them at big stadium and he's charging people two hundred dollars a ticket to come mm -hmm. and and it's like that's why they're comparing it to churches because mm -hmm. like you look at these festivals where travis scott just had this that's where where everybody's yeah. getting trampled and yeah. 50 people injured and yeah. nine people died and it, it's getting crazy mm -hmm. but if you're actually there it's kind of like a trance like energy mm -hmm. like and and reality is it's not us that's really partaking in if you go look at these festivals it's not our skin color out there it's exactly. it's a, it's thousands of the others 
you know, know it's taking hip hop and kind of turning it into something that okay. it was never meant to but be. What I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do what I got to do with everybody I ever talked to in this life. Now, you know, uh, our great teacher, y'all, y'all, she would, I'm a she, I told us, he, well, right when he got ready to get baptized, uh, by you know, mm-hmm. John the, 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 the Baptist. He uh he said to him because you know John referred to, he said no man you need to baptize me he said no hold up man he said I know you're overwhelmed by this you know but it is he said let's let let's just fulfill what has been written and and that's the thing that has to that's why the scripture says watch as well as pray now these are the things that has to be just to do them because people come here all the time they ask me all these questions what's going on with this is it because they know I got answers so I you know I'm gonna give them an answer too I'm hoping. They take it, you know. Most High said all these things are gonna come to pass, and He named them. And then that, then in Matthew's the twenty fourth chapter, the twenty fifth chapter, it breaks it down. He said, "He said, as you know, in that chapter, He said, I have it that that you be not deceived by no man.' You know what I'm saying? He said, let not your heart be troubled either, okay? Because you, you, your heart will be troubled, like what you're saying now, in reference to what you're saying, your heart could be troubled." Okay, but he said, don't let your heart be troubled, neither be afraid. And he said, don't let no man deceive you either. So we realize that as students of these of the scriptures, that they are magnifying and coming alive all day, every day on the, on the clock. I, I, I could be a fool and let and wake up like I did today and not look for it. <laughs> Just believe, but don't look for it. Uh-huh. You see the difference? Not looking for it, but you know, believe it. So it, it can pass me by by not looking for it and still be believing it's going to happen. It's gone. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about being on point. So, okay. Um, these things have to happen. This is the cleansing area. This is a test. This is going to see truly the ones who are on the narrow road, the ones who truly know y'all. They're not going to, the most I have not called us to do none of those things, period. Because right now, his, his the war that he's having is not with us. Our war is over with, with him. The, the 400 years is gone. His war is with the Gentiles right now. So you can look at it in this perspective. Because y'all said, he had mercy on who I'm who I, who I pleased. I'm going to have mercy on everybody. He had mercy on who he and we already, he already told us. We have mercy on Israel. The, the, the one who has accepted him as you know, according to our forefathers, as Yahuwah, understand? The, the everlasting one. So we're not taking on no Jesus, no Christianity, no nothing, because we know the scriptures told, teaches us of day for day, on the clock, revelations appearing every second on the clock. They constantly opening up. Each light of the word is opening up on the clock. A wise man is seeing that and is walking in it. That's why the Bible says he's in the world but not of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not here to conversate about what the world is doing per se. I can care less. They can destroy themselves all day, every day, be deceived all day. I don't care. I'm not going to be because, you know, if a person like me having to end it, it'll be all over with. I would destroy the whole thing because these episodes are only being utilized because people are foolish and, and ignorant in this life. And for him and others, all these other false ministers that's been around, they, JD, Jake, and all the rest of these, these dudes that's hypnotizing these people, giving these people um, uh, uh, unprecedented uh, 
elections on scriptures and giving them something, you know, that they really can't take an account of because they don't know who they are. Yeah. When I was in the nation of Islam back in the 60s and 70s, what the nation was teaching us was self-reservation. That was the very first beginning of the principle. But it wasn't someone was teaching us the knowledge of Allah in some ways. That was just, that was common. They were teaching us how to have self-reality. That's the same thing Israel was taught when they left Egypt. They didn't, a lot of them had gotten mixed in with the Canaanites and many various other different, you know, tribes around in the, the districts where they lived at. You know, so a lot of them had lost their history because they entered into other people's history. They okay, came began to live their life for the sake of the family. Uh -huh. Okay, and that's what people are doing here in America. They're living the Christian life, trying to find Yah, but his name is not God. That's that's uh -huh. why they can't find him. Uh -huh. Real talk. That's why they can't find they him. They know as Jesus know and God. Is, his name is not Lord. His name is not Jesus. His name is not God. You know, for you to call Yah, a God, is to bring him down to the image of an angel. That's what you read, because you ignorant, you don't know it. You don't mm -hmm. know that they called the God. The Bible says clearly, it says in the 82nd Psalm, it says, there was a day when, when, when the, this, 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 there, was, there was a day when the Most High uh, called the sons of God, and Satan came on, came in and among them. Well, those sons of God was those angelic beings who had, was watchers, watching over the activities of mankind, because they had that their whole job, they, they all had given up, was given a list by Yah, each one of them. You know what I'm saying? From the highest authority to the lowest authority, they all were given a list of how to implicate themselves with us. Remember when Yah made us, he said that not only would you give us dominion, but he also was lifting us up into mm -hmm. the higher heaven. So he gave a list at that time for these angels, for these dominions, for all of these uh, other creatures above us. He gave them a list of what they're supposed to do in order to make sure that we are shaped in form in his image to reach him. That's why he said we made the image lightning, but they have been deluding us from reaching that understanding of that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So uh that was what he assigned it then to but for the watchers were this, this morning there's over 200 and something but these 72 watchers which was assigned to watch over the sons the sons is because it was already publicated in the scripture I just read it to you. It, it, it demonstrated Israel was going to go into slavery for 400 years. Uh -huh. So they had to be watched for that particular period of time because at that time, it was being released to the enemy of God and us. Uh -huh. That's why the Bible said, he said, I'm sending you to a strange land to your enemies. These people was historically our enemies way before we came here. That's another thing. They'll never teach us. These people, these people are ancient enemies of ours. Uh -huh. That's why you hear the Israelites talking about you know, eat, eat them, Esau, and all of that. Because yeah. they're going thousands of and years they, back. They, they're saying that uh, the, 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 he's not are, the white man, he's the red man. Well, and the pigmentation, and the classification of white and black, you know, yeah. is is good and good and bad. Okay. So uh, they, they they kind of take the the red man with the the white man to give him a a positive connotation connected to his name well the way y'all put it the, the beyondings outside of human language when they took when them two were born okay um yes it, it was told to rebecca that there were two nations two separate nations in her womb and it it, it 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 now yeah listen when he said you'll never hear anything about y'all saying he hate that person until later on in the story okay at, at his birth he wouldn't hate it on even though he was going to serve his younger brother. What's wrong with that? 
People say they're younger brother all the time. I got bigger brothers than me too. Hey, Ma, I don't want to be big. I don't want to be bigger than them. <laughs> in a sense, I'm not trying. I would I never tried. Mm-hmm. So I ain't mad at having a, you know, I mean, I can understand he was the older, even though they're 20, they're born at the same time. You know what I'm saying? And that time, it still made it look like he was older. So he, as far as he was concerned, you know, it, it, it well, the only thing I'm really trying to say is that the, y'all never made a statement about hating this dude until later. Okay, so at his birth, you can't pronounce the hate. I can't look at you can't look at how he was born or anything. Period. You know that's discriminating against y'all's power and his his craft and creation to say that a person's born this way. You need to be hey, what's wrong with you? Why are you gonna hate the hand of the Most High? You know, because this person is that color. Trying to say y'all should have made him, and for what purpose? If he's serving y'all's purpose, if he's serving a purpose in this life for y'all, or you to this this. We announced that whole subject matter because human, humanly, you don't receive some information from a, a shorter creature with a shorter distance of, of knowledge and understanding, and you taking that into consideration to point towards that person. You're a fool. Mm-hmm. Lord, that person later on became a fool by his own rhetorics, by his own uh, reviews of himself. Instead of, um, and, and, and in the story, both of them did it, that, that be completely under neither one of them. Had a had a stable ride with y'all at the time. They both were unstable. They both were broken. Mm-hmm. Both of them, both Jacob and him. Okay, they both later on came to a different record, reckon and and, and acceptance because you know whatever y'all statue. What can we do? He said. He said whatever door he open, he, he he closes. We can't open whatever door he open. Nobody can close that one. So what am I to do? He opened up a door, let this devil in. I thought the dude said, "Yeah, why you did that?" You know, he's gonna tell me the same thing that he told th- th- those five Satan's. He said, I know what you don't know. You know, I'm the, I'm the creator. You ain't the creator. I made you. So you stand in your order in your statue and you don't go outside of that. Number one, um, Israel has no excuse about nothing because the story uh, alludes us to the point that he gave them all authority, all power, all understanding. There's too many places. Where when Moses led them across the Red Sea, he read them over to a great mountain, Sinai, where he set up a tent there. They were there for almost 33 years at this one specific site. And there, when they set up those tents in those 12 different gates, which represented that each gate represented Israel, which is in the 21st chapter of the book of Revelation to this day. When he set that up, and he was in the midst. Of, of, of this temple, okay? And, it, and this temple was made out of 12 different gates and it had three different levels to which you got a most ho- holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. You got one part, you got two parts, you got three parts, one point, two point, three point, six up, one point, two point, three point. You got six down, six up, you got 12, okay? Then you got the three in the middle. So that's why the three different sections was, was represented the most holy place, the holy place, the court roundabout. Then you have the 12 child Israel surrounded around it. So it showed a human body, uh-huh. showed a carcass, a soul, okay, in the way it's made. Right? And it's a school teaching these people exactly how the heavens and, and everything in it is made under one umbrella, one combined. So they all have the same mathematical degrees, uh-huh. everything. That's how you're able to tilt the earth. That's how you couldn't, you couldn't even say it. You could tilt the earth if you didn't have the mathematical. You got one corner, two corners, three corners, four corners. I mean, you can conquer the earth. He gave you folk. He gave you power 
four corners to conquer the four elements of life. Uh -huh. You see, you got everything you need to point you towards the dominion he did. Because if you then he didn't just say that to this person, but what they don't explain, he showed it to him. He didn't just say it. He took him. I'm saying he took him. He took him and showed him how he was made in the likeness of all things. Yeah. That's the knowledge that our people even in the hip hop don't care what community in. That's the knowledge they don't have. They don't know that they made like all of these things. They they think mm -hmm. they think they made like something else, you know. All right, so let's switch gears a little bit, man. Uh, great information, man. I could go all day with this because this is per this personally, this is more what I'm into. So I can go all day with these type of conversations. But uh, I know you said your grandma made the crowns for Elijah Muhammad. My grandmother is the one who made those crowns that you saw that I made. So, so is that where your love for fashion came from? How did you it, get it into that? It didn't primarily come from her. She didn't teach me anything about fashion, period. I just knew that she was, you know, and I'm not going to even call these people designer. My mom, my mom is the person who influenced me. Um, my grandmother was, a, was uh, a, I can guess you could say, um, a seamstress, okay? Mm -hmm. Not a dressmaker or anything like that, but a same, my mother was a dressmaker. My mother's person taught me how to do fashion. My mother's it's the, it's the whole responsibility why I'm, at, like, why I'm like I am as a person. And for my great love for fashion, my mom is the one who did that for me. She, my mom was a fashion designer. Yeah. So, um, how did you get started in an industry? Like, what was your, your welcome to the the fashion world? Well, you know, story. Um, the only thing I can say is that when I was young, I was creating. Kind of, I was, you know, I always liked the, you know, just things that was created. You know, I liked. I'm, a, I'm a, like you said, I'm, I'm good at graphic illustration. I just love graphic. I, I used to like to draw. When computers came around, just got in, dealing with Adobe and stuff like that, messing around. When I went to the University of Dominguez, or Dominguez University, I studied there for about seven years, and um, I got into a lot of art there where I actually really did things like 14, 16 hours of studies on art, you know, art of all various different history of all different artists of all colors and things like that. I just wanted to know what was in people's minds and how far their minds was expanded to whatever they saw or, you know, how they grabbed it. Uh, I was very interested in that. I did a lot of uh, writing, write, write ups on, on early art. Uh, I did a lot of designing on art, but they hadn't happened at, at that time, reached fashion. I, I got into the graphic world first. That was the first where I was really like, really participating, putting a lot of attention to was just the graphic world. And then my mom, when I would go to visit her time for time at her house, all my life, my mom always had a fashion studio in the house, always. From a little kid until she, until she died. And, um, you know, my mom always knew I had talent to do stuff, but you know, I never really thought about fashion because I, I come from a game, a, a gangster life. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of my friends are gangsters. So <laughs> they crips. Yeah. And um, so you grew up out here in Southern California. Yeah, I grew up in Carson. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I first started off at 81st, and I started. I I, I came. I came around in 1968 when Crips first came on, on the scene. Okay, I, I was there. I was I was one of the first Crips there ever was. And that was in 1968. Me and a few other people. And, um, you know, that world was 
know, that was that was a hell of a world to be in. But you know, you didn't want to be into fashion design. I mean, yeah, he wasn't he wasn't there. It wasn't nothing focusing you to go that direction. So what happened was that my mom, every time I go, like I said, when I tend to go to visit us, she would always pull me in the room. She was like, you need to learn how to sew. I'm like, oh, I learn how to sew. She's like, but you really need to. She said, you'll really appreciate your learning later on in life. You'll really, really, really be happy that you learned it. I'm like, really? I said, go outside, smoke a joint, something like that. My friends thank me. Fashion designer. Okay, but all of a sudden, one day, I don't know what it was. Um, I first started making kufis, you know, the, the, mm. the hats. I, I started with the hats. I, I just, just somehow, but really, to be honest, to tell you, I'm just going to be honest. I was walking down the street, get ready to go to the mall to buy an outfit because my mom was having a party at the house. So she said, go, she said, go buy something, you know, to wear. So I'm on my way, walking to the mall. And um, I just asked you, I said, yeah, I mean, can you please bless me and show me something on how to do something? My mom is pressuring me, you know. And uh, y'all showed me a vision of a hat. I'm like, wow, I held on to that vision, man. All that, I went to the mall, I saw it before I went to the mall. I held on to that vision. So as soon as I got through doing what I, I did at the mall, I came back home and uh, I went up to my mom's little fashion room. I locked the door. <laughs> she had fabrics in there because oh, I ain't, ain't had nothing. So I, I, all I know is I found some fabric that she had that I thought it was cool. And I made a hat. I was up there all day too, but I made the hat. And my grandmother, uh, the one who made the hat for the nation, she was there. So I came downstairs with that. My, my grandmother looked. She said, "Oh my God, you made that!" And she was so happy to see that I was getting into just doing something like that. And I saw the look in my mother and, and in my grandmother's eyes how they really appreciated me doing that. It just made me feel happy. I'm like, wow. So, so where are you at right now with your your fashion career? What what you got coming up? Uh, uh, right now, I have an event coming up um, on March the fifth in San Bernardino at the uh, Enterprise Building. That's actually where my last studio was. I started in the Enterprise Building. Yeah. I was actually one of the first people to throw events there. We threw pop up events. We threw fashion shows. So you know, we threw. Uh, yes, I was there before she was there in the building. Oh, they owned the building? Yes, yeah, so I was there like the maturation process. When I met my partner Ronnie, yeah, yeah. he met me in my studio at that. In, well, so, was it upstairs or downstairs? It was upstairs, but yeah. I was throwing events. But my problem there was they, I was a young black man and I was bringing, we had a music studio there mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. So we would bring in like an influx of young black kids mm -hmm. and the, the owner was like man this is sam right you know we got all these young black kids coming in and out the building yeah. they scared you know and i don't know what the insurance liability is on that but they they're scared and my biggest problem was they were always like no hip-hop no hip-hop no hip-hop because we're young black kids they're adamant on no hip-hop and what I was trying to show them is just because we got T-shirts and a, a fit hat on doesn't mean that this is the energy or the, the vibrations that we're on. And we tried to show multiple times that, you know, we're, we're different. But they just, we couldn't see eye to eye, you know. So we actually moved on and we ended up here, which was a blessing in itself. But 
you can still go back there and make a Felicia. Oh yeah, I, I still yeah, I still have um I still have a little animosity in my heart that I yeah, really need to let go. go. So, you know what I'm saying? Those owners was no longer Yeah. So it was just it was just a whole little I mean you're not the only person I know that had that experience there. Yeah. So you said uh you're doing a fashion show there? Yes, uh, I went there, you know, Alicia, she's a beautiful black sister, you know, and uh, she owns the building now. She has a different philosophy about what she wants. She's a very intelligent person. Um, I wrote a proposal about a, a big fashion event I wanted to go on there. Uh, I first went there and she gave me a tour of the place twice. Mm -hmm. And uh, I made up my mind, you know, creatively what I wanted to do. I wanted to do a big fashion event in two areas there. They have a... a I don't know if you know the us there with the balcony at. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the outside patio yeah, rooftop. The, patio the rooftop. rooftop, yeah. They really put that together nice. Yeah, one, one of my mentors is uh, D Conway. He's still in that building. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but they got this. I forgot this white boy name. His name just come to me. But they got this white boy up there. He's running the name. Yeah. You know, he, he cool. He's he just like a, he like a brother. Yeah, that's that's there. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh, then, then, then. That's exactly what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, he's still there. there. Mm -hmm. uh, there's two of them. You know, so I don't know which one you're talking about specifically, but I know both of them are there. Uh, yeah, they um, they were running that particular area, and sometimes in the inside in the other area too. Uh, that's that little glass thing, type of thing. Uh, oh, excuse me. <coughs> but uh, yeah, I went there with a proposal to Alicia, and uh, what, what my whole idea was was that San Bernardino really lacks. Uh, a great deal amount of the uh the promotion of fashion designers like you say in the ie they're not really recognized or either the people who are actually putting on fashion events are not catering the designer any further than just an event and, mm -hmm. that's, and that to me is evil you know how can you have such a near mind to bring me you know a designer trying to get to the top and you ain't introducing me to nothing that would get me to the top you know from this point it's like you know that's just dead work then I got to spend all my money. I got to spend my money to be in the shop. I got to spend my money to put together a collection. I got to spend my money to pay some mamas. Like, what are you? What are you doing? Draining me? I mean, that's a backwards reality. Mm -hmm. So I don't participate in those events at all. People have to me 10, 15 to twenty thousand dollars up front before I do anything for you. I had to learn that. It took a while. But with Alicia, um, she won't because she's black owned and she's trying to establish the enterprise building. She's trying to. Uh, you know, give it a direction that people can come there and do events and have, you know, have fun. And uh, I said, well, look, um, what I do, um, I bring six other designers from, from from different fashion, you know, institutions or whatever. So, and we'll, uh, we'll uh, put a, a notice out that they have to have a full collection, you know, between 12 to 30 pieces. And, um, what we would do, we'll get an opportunity to do a day show where we'll have these six designers. They all have 45 minute, you know, window where they can show their collections and, you know, fine, you know, to bring the press there and bring different people from very different, you know, areas in the fashion world, mm -hmm. you know, fashion TV, if we can get them there, you know, just the people who can actually give you the attention you need and um, let them get some exposure. And then that night from eight to 10, it'll be the Ajabor. Uh, for now, while well, I, I put on a big show, you know, and that's really what I'm doing there on, on the on the fifth of uh, March. That sounds dope as hell, man. That's something that uh definitely the IE needs. Mm -hmm. A lot of the fashion shows that have happened, mm -hmm. 
they're more of geared towards artist showcase. So that these artists are performing mm -hmm. and then you got the fashion designers having their models walk. Mm -hmm. What their main stay is the artist performing, That's not cool. necessarily showcasing the you know the and that's the sad part because what that details and says that a lot of times people who are trying to put together productions are not professionals. They just are, are, this is, these are assumptionalized visions of somebody. They're not they're not actual. They're assumptionized and they're put together through an assumption. And you know, because years ago I used to let certain people you know, go find models for me or something like that. And, you know, and I would, you know, I would send them pictures of certain girls or guys. So I won't get, you know, they fit this image. They give me something totally opposite, you know, doing a show. You'd be looking like, you know, that's how I know you're not professional. <laughs> yeah. You're an idiot. I, I could call you one in front of everybody right there, pack up and just leave because I don't do dumb, unprofessional things that don't allow you to grow. Okay. A, a model is a very important person in your clothes because if you sitting there and you design a son of great elegance and you want to have a certain appeal because you know what market you want it to be seen in mm -hmm. but yeah you got somebody that don't fit that criteria at all period that just throws you into a whole nother loop just dismisses everything so when you deal with people and they don't really know what you're visualizing they they, they, they excuse it for Whatever, never have an answer, but always, you know, just I can't, I can't even explain to you what I be willing to do to people for that. Man. I think that it's a scramble on the West Coast because on the East Coast, you know, in in New York, you got these uh these circuits, right. and these circuits have existed for years, mm -hmm. and as an up and coming. You know, creator, mm -hmm. all you have to do is find your way to these circuits yeah. and they kind of got a yellow brick road for you to get to your destination. Yeah. But California, you know, gangbanging is the culture. Mm -hmm. And then if you're not part necessarily trying to make it the gangbang route, if you look at the artists that have broken out of California, mm -hmm. you know, you look at Kendrick Lamar, his first album was talking about how he necessarily ain't a gangbanger, mm -hmm. but because of the culture of the city, I'm affiliated with it. Therefore, I'm not exempt from the funk. Well, that could be true. I, I could say the same for myself. Uh, I'm a I'm a very popular fashion designer. Okay, I've been putting on shows for marketers, yes, so mainly for white audience and so on. I'm very known among them and people in the film industry and so on. Okay, mm -hmm. but I have a I have an army of criminals right now. You know, <laughs> yeah, I have an army of cripples, you know, and they they loyal, they with me to the day we die, you know. So I mean they were just with me, matter of fact, a few days ago. It was so, so so what what is know. your what is your thoughts on gang banging as gang it banging, is I, presently? I told you I was one of the first crypt ever was. Yeah. We wasn't we didn't call ourselves gang bangers. You see, we don't have anything to emulate ourselves to to be a banger. We none of us ever considered ourselves to be bangers at the time when we did it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's a that's like a third generation name title. Okay, that's when the, that's really when the system got involved. It became game related. Mm -hmm. it, 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 how you gonna say people who go, go to school together every day, who live next door around the corner from each other? How you gonna call them a game and instead of calling them family? which what we are we family some of us are married into each other 
you know, that we don't do some kind of fear. We don't marry this sister, have baby by this one or something. Like, we all family. So it ain't no such thing. That, that's a white devilish reality about the thing called us gang. We are all a community of friends who, who, who just happen to just agree with everything we do. Now, for us in America, black the black youth, you know, we grow up talking each section has their own slang or their own words that they use to describe things. But as soon as you step out as an adult into the corporate world, per se, now you have to adjust to their corporate jargon. You have to speak the, the words in, in the languages that they speak. So a lot of the times we grow up, you know, not adhering to their definition of things. But as an adult, once we step out into this corporate world, we kind of have to get shed all of our individuality and give in to the system that, you know, tells us that we're black. But let me say something to you real quick. I want to tell you the people who's really learning, who's really trying to learn something, you know, and it's going to always be the Caucasian. Let me tell you why. I don't know why most blacks don't even know this. Let me share this to you real quick. You and I have become associated friends. Okay, we ain't related to each other, but we're friends. I'm not you. Mm -hmm. I don't care about your color, but I just like your personality and your character, all right? You like minds. You're just homies. We ain't looking at you white on black or whatever, all right? I just, you're the homie. I like you, man, you know? Mm -hmm. Now, let's say I'm, I have a great heritage, rich, family got a lot, You, your family don't, but you're my friend. I give you whatever I got, all right? But let's just say we're looking at the part of the word heritage, okay? That one word, the word promise and heritage. These are the two most significant words you're going to have to draw down into your mind to the second. Heritage and promise. There's one of us that have it, the other one don't have it. I have it because my family has passed it down to me through a will. They're going to give it to me. One of them is dead, whatever high, either I get to a certain age, it comes into channel for me, all right? Then my elevates, my name changes, and I become another person outside of the person I was previously. Okay, that's waiting, waiting for me. But for you, it ain't. You got to go through all kind of obstacles, and you may not never, ever in your whole life, even your kids ever see that, right? Mm -hmm. This person here got it, right? But y'all like each other. Now, at some time and point, you're going to be envious of this person, all right? Because you're going to be having hard times. They're going to catch up with you and follow you around. This person seeing me escape it all the time because he got that border. You know what I'm saying? Yes. If you have a hard time to come and rescue him and put him back in his place and keep him where you go, either counsel him, something to keep him where he, he knows to be, all right? To keep growing, all right? So that's the story about the white people and the black people. It's the plainest story in the world why white people are like they are and why you shouldn't even care about what they do. They are not promised by y'all for nothing. They don't have any no salvation been given to them. Uh -huh. They know that even in the Bible, the Bible don't talk, like you said, the Bible don't talk about them. It talks about us. So when you are left out, you, and you're a creature, you're walking around, seeing the sun and the moon, everything, like all of us. You got to eat, you got to survive, you're here. But there's nothing from God that's indicating to you but destruction. Or either you've been overcome, like he says to, to Esau, you're gonna serve your younger brother at some time and point for the rest of your life everlastingly. He ain't gonna be no end to this. He had to swallow that like that's what made him mad. 
I gotta be this dude, sir. This dude gonna be, I'm gonna be following this dude all my life. But that's what they know about you and me. You think they don't? They've been knowing about this. They've been for this last 400 years or more. They've been having this information stored in them and prepared for a very long time to explode. Really, just as just have a tornado fit about. The Bible says that when they knew that their time was short, their anger was towards the promised people. That's who they were mad. Why are they mad at you and me? Because they don't have a promise. The promise they have is to be overcome. They were only given a short time to rule. They know that. I don't care who that master is. That master can't overrule y'all. Y'all passed that list down to all his, his beings and told them all this is going to happen. Ain't nothing nobody can do about it. So they know that they can't stop y'all from manifesting himself through this time what we're living in and bringing forth his kingdom. And it comes through us. Now, the weird thing about this thing is that if you're if you're a, 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 a child unaccepted, you're an orphan, okay, tossed around, you don't have, there's nothing that actually indicates you're going to have a platform representing your culture. Mm -hmm. But you go in the book of Revelation, the 23rd chapter, what does it say? It shows 12 gates, and the name of them are the sons of Israel. And if you are not in association with one of those sons, you will not be able to go through one of those gates. Gate of Benjamin, the gate of Gad, you just name them, okay? Judah, you know, those mm -hmm. gates all got the name of these black men on them. So if you ain't part of the generation of one of these black men, you ain't getting through that gate. Okay, they know that, they know that. This kingdom they're coming, they're going to, it's a kingdom that represents the same people who you're down here looking at every second out of the day and looking at them as niggas, okay? But you know, you're trying to get to the same spot they're going to, but the, the funny thing about it, your name ain't on the gate aisles, else. you know? So the thing that you have to realize about white people, they're going to stay despised about that. They never going to So is this why they... I'm so adamant. Of, too, if God made me and told me I can't never enter into his kingdom, he just made me just to serve and then send me to hell. So they're always trying to er erase our history, hey, man. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you for, for, for another day to rule? Wouldn't yeah. you, you know that it's been broken, it's been broken apart in all four places from which it's been It's It's cracks everywhere. They can't stop the cracking. They don't have no solution to stop this cracking. It's Falling apart, it's supposed to. I was said it will go. Listen, listen, this is the thing that has to be instituted when y'all say the word everlasting or eternal, that means it is no end. But if he gives a date of an end, that's the end. We don't have a date of an end, we don't have an end date. They do. So I, I, I'll be mad at you too, walking around on earth. <laughs> I keep your niggas as long as I can. <laughs> <laughs> and just think about the obvious of that. Yeah. You know that y'all came down and told your people. He said, look, I'm going to let you rule for 400 years. He said, after that, you're getting crushed and you're going to be un you're going to be put under the same people that you once ruled over. They're going to rule you and they're going to rule you with an everlasting rod, not for 400 years everlastingly you're going to be ruled by them forever so they know that they're getting the biggest kick they can out this 400 years i'll get i'll get every second out i can get out of it too if i was dealing one promise nothing else so you can't be mad people cannot speak 
against y'all, because that's all you doing when you when you when you when you come in against white people and other racist people, you come in against y'all. You ain't come in against them. Y'all set those people and gave them the dominion that they had to this very second. Not, not they didn't get that to themselves. Y'all made them reprobated. He made them carnal. He made you spiritual. So y'all two different kind. That's why he said you got two different kind of people in your in your world. One people are carnal. One people are spiritual. God is a spirit. Y'all said my father's spirit. Okay, you know I thought you could deal with him. You had to deal with him in spirit. These people do not deal with the most. They deal with him according to the carnality, and that means that they deal with things that that are time based. It we are not. We're not a people that is set up on time. That's why we're given the title everlasting or even eternal. We go past time. We were born before time, and we shall enter back into the place where we were first born, which is in everlasting. We came from everlasting and came down to the earth to be seen. We, we are from above. The white man is the one who's formed from the earth, not us. We came here holy and divine, and the Most High put a shadow of our eyes so that we wouldn't remember it and brought us to the earth, but he would but that's why the commandments is here to slowly but surely reenact you. See, y'all's funny things he does. Y'all loves uh, loves attention. He loves to he loves to put things into a position where it seems you know impossible to a certain extent, but it's possible. It's all possible because long as long as he the the one with the knowledge and the key to open it up, long as he's present, you're going to receive it at some time and point. So long as he know he's gonna keep you alive and give it to you. There's going to come that time and point where you're going to receive it, and it's going to change the miraculous point of view of all things. So so how does this knowledge and this um this presence of mind, this mindset, how does this help you in your own business endeavors? Because, number one, everything I do, I do without having it where anybody can come in and be able to uh, rule, rule it outside of myself. I'm the established ruler. need my mind. To have it admitted, cannot take it and do it, uh, have it judged or conceived. It has my spirit and my DNA in it. So, whenever I usually, well, I put it this way: when I would do fashion events, let's say for for white, like people in the Beverly Hills, uh, it's this organization in Beverly Hills called the Starving Artist Project. It's ran by Michael Belzner. Uh, he's a well-known uh, film photographer in Hollywood, and he will call me to come to these celebrity fashion events where you have these up and coming uh, movie stars, people who are getting into the, you know, the, the movie industry and things like that. And they're trying to move up the ladder. And a lot of times when, when you call on them because they don't have clothing to, to put on them for these photo shoots, they're called designers like me. And I come in and dress them. And uh, sometimes, they, you know, I get a chance to show my collections plus dress the artists. And, um, that's when I start really realizing that the way I was going about conducting myself as an artist had had that 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 light, that very light that white people were either in were appreciate greatly appreciated of, or they were fearful of it. You see, because they saw too much power. And then my clothes dignified uh, things that are imagery to my to my thought ability. So that was one way I realized that if you don't come into an industry where they already weakened it by their own carnal reprobation, you come in there with an established mind that, and believe me, white people really want to follow a powerful black person 
more than they would uh, a white man who was under the, the ladder of manipulation. They really do want to follow a powerful black man, you know, because a lot of them, without us really knowing that a lot of their grandparents, uh, you know, some of their folk parents taught them about their end, their demise. They knew, they know that their time is being conclusive and that another people's going to rule. Some of them is trying to find a way into your life show that they love black people they love everything that black people are doing and so on and so on right see that a lot during fashion events mainly for white people you know how, how gallant they are <coughs> excuse me a lot of times when they see me do collections the collections are so different than what they normally see where did i go about putting together the clothes that it, it really really it really makes them wonder you know how a person has this you know unique talent to do this because I, I do old couture so I, I know you mentioned that you went to what San Jacinto. Say it again. You went to college for this San Jacinto. Yeah, well, I went to I said uh, Dominguez University. Oh, Dig but Dominguez. I didn't, I didn't have no fashion classes there. I went. I went to uh, LA Trade Techs. Okay. Uh, so how uh, how important is it for you to just go get that knowledge? Because a lot of, especially with the YouTube age now. People feel like they don't need traditional studying. They can go teach themselves just about yeah, anything. And so no, do no. you feel like the education part of it is necessary? Um, again, YouTube has become a big one within the last five, seven years or so. Way bigger than it was when it first started. Much more wider, more broader, uh, more media attention now from all over the world is now being focused on it. We can be able to go there and attach yourself to it. Um, you can go online and teach yourself, really, uh, if you're aggressive. And it's really you're no more different than being in a class watching a teacher say it. It's the difference. Okay, you following instructions. Uh, better on YouTube because sometimes you see you get a chance to see them actually make what it is that you're watching. You see them put it together from start to finish. You see, you see them doing the measurements. You see how they cut it out. You see everything. You see the whole. You see the you see the tools they're using. A lot of times in fashion institutions, you know. They, they make you go buy all this stuff. You know, I'm trying to sell that. You can't even be in the class, you know, or you got to get a loan, something like that. Some people come to college and they ain't got no money. You know, they came there just so they can learn something so they can start making some money one day, you know. But mine came from common sense because my mom was already ahead of the game. So she had everything at the house. So I didn't have to so much really do like some students, you know, who didn't have a mom like mine, who so had to go to a school and learn about fashion just from a teacher, you know, point of view. My mom had fashion uh, uh, studios in our house all my life, so I knew what a certain certain thing looked like or what I needed. My mom had already had put me up on it. So I was kind of ahead again. Then again, I kind of got my mother's spirit too, because my mom didn't go to fashion school. She was just the person who just picked up, you know, the, the technique and the skills of it. And she just professionally knew what she was doing. And so I see a lot of, um, especially with podcasts and mm -hmm. everybody's doing merch, right. not necessarily like a clothing line. They're just kind of slapping their logo on t-shirts and hoodies and stuff. Mm -hmm. So how do you feel about a lot of these uh, boutiques or collections that are just hoodies with logos on them? Well, it's nothing new. I mean, getting to been around for a hundred years. Uh, Look, look, you can go into a room in a fashion institution, you know, school, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, if it's a prestigious fashion school, it's, it's no doubt it even saying a word. You keep it trying to get to the top, okay? People like me are trying to go 
to the top, like the Grammys. That's why I've been invited to Fashion Week in Cancun, okay? To the top and then internationally around the world. Ain't every just person calling himself a designer trying to do that. That is not what a lot of them won't, um, not even thinking about. Anytime somebody want a boutique, that means that they are average, they're just an average uh, seamstress, somebody who know how to make stuff, but they don't want to have clothes in stores all over the world. They don't want to be, uh, you know, uh, Dior, they don't want to be no Prada, you know what I'm trying to say? They don't want to be no Louis Vuitton. They don't want all these big names that represent the industry as a whole. Okay, they don't want to be that. Now, now when you start saying these names, mm -hmm. one thing that I didn't realize mm -hmm. is a lot of these are these people's actual real names. Calvin Klein, Tommy Hilfiger, Michael Kors. You're walking around with somebody's name on a garment, you know, and it's considered high fashion. So is is that what you're trying to do with your own branding? Because I see you, I see your name on the beanie right here. Man, I got my stuff out of the car, man. They'll blow all of y'all mind if I brought it in here. You, you, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> Look, man, I'm I'm an old couture fan. Okay, old couture is not from America. Mm -hmm. Old couture comes from Paris. Okay, Dior is an old couture designer. Louis Vuitton is not. Uh, 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 the, uh what's the name? Uh, Gavachi and, and uh, Dolce and Gabbana. They couture. Okay, uh, George Habaka is couture, Scarelli is couture. Okay, these these people specialize in doing nothing but couture. They do not do ready ready for, uh, to wear a clothes. They hate it. It's almost like almost like calling them a nigga or something. Right? <laughs> really, yeah. They don't believe in that. They believe in couture Chanel again, one of the biggest in, in, in Armani, Giorgio Armani. These are all couture houses. They don't believe in nothing but specialty clothing. Okay, stuff when you when they make it, it's it's it's, it's yeah, a piece of material. Start off just a piece of material, just probably priced down to probably five ten dollars of a roll of, of, of material. But by the time they get through and planting and putting in bullery, putting these jewelry, whatever they do, that that, that material that was five dollars now become a dress or a gown worth one hundred and fifty two hundred thousand to a million dollars. So I, I I heard you mention Fashion Week in Cancun. Yes. Have you cool. done like New York, LA Fashion Week? No, I've been what invited. what is the the Fashion Week circuit? Because I know about LA and um, New York. I've never heard of Fashion Week Cancun or well, these other ones. Uh, Fashion Week is really uh, a tourist guide for most major countries. Now, uh, Abu Dhabi and. Dubai and all of them is getting involved into it. It's, it. India at one time wasn't participating, but now India is participating in it. Afghanistan is now participating in it. They begin. They don't start their own fashion week now for the mm -hmm. Indians, Indian designers. So, fashion week really, before it was called fashion week, even before it came to America, before it came to New York, when it was in Paris, it was called media week. Mm -hmm. It didn't have anything to do with fashion. It was for the media. That's why the media still comes to it. But now celebrities and all kind of other people comes to it now. Mm -hmm. They didn't at one time. The people that was invited to it was the media. That's all you needed. You just want to expose your stuff to, you know, to the media, let them write up on your stuff. And, you know, you know, for us to buy your school, you, they would have uh, associates that would come from each of the buyers that would come there and be present. And, and, and after the show, you, you'll bring them into two separate rooms, one room for media, one room for the, uh, the buyer. So that way you can sit down and discuss with both of them what the activity is with the clothes and stuff of that nature. 
Um, Fashion Week is about popularity. It's about pushing uh, your line to get it to a certain destination. It's a certain market that you want to reach. You might, you may want to have your stuff in London. You may want to have your stuff in Milan. You may want to have your stuff in England. You have, wherever it is you want your stuff at, you're, you're going to Fashion Week to meet people that's in those parts of the world that comes from those parts of the world. You, you, you're there to meet them. Mm -hmm. So so as how do you facilitate like relationships with stylists? I don't. I'm a stylist. Okay. I, I like that. Yeah. You, know, I mean, you can't help but being a stylist as a designer. I mean, you really, you start off a stylist. You just call yourself a designer. That's really all you really are is a stylist. That's just really you making the clothes from scratch to what they become. Okay. And then you create this image of how you want it well. So that's what a stylist is going to do. A stylist, the only thing about stylist, sometimes you can make combined pieces that is just a, 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 a that set that you, you know, it's it, it edges. Some stylists just can take different pieces, a piece of here, a piece from there, piece from here, piece from there, and they match them together. I'm saying that's what most stylists do. It is on something that's going to look satisfactory on you. A designer has a totally different approach. A designer is trying to do something else. Uh -huh. A designer is sometimes trying to create a masterpiece. Let me show you something. You're trying to create a masterpiece sometimes that um, kind of, in a sense, explains itself. Or if it don't explain itself, you know, usually enough, I wish I had a big picture of this before. But, um, you know, sometimes, you know, I know that we're almost done, but I wanted to show you some of the clothes I got so you can kind of get an idea. Like, you see this here? Yeah. Okay. That's uh, ostrich leather and this fur that I got on this beaver fur that I got. It, it, it's, as you can see, it's a coat that goes with it too, but you can see these sapphire stones. And I put going along here and going along there, right? And um, that's basically like this is this is uh, this is a uh, chinchilla. So chinchilla, uh, a vest with uh, white leather and chinchilla going around the waist area and around the tail of it. Okay. Again, too, this is another couture piece. Okay, but very simple to put together. You know, something a lot of people don't know about couture. But it's 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 German leather, okay, the top in, in the skirt, and then you, again too you see the pieces of, of fur, and I, I made a I made a, a bag to go along with it, uh -huh. you know. But these kind of these kind of particular uh, outfits, okay, they are made with the tool. And the reason why they come because because of the jewelry enhancement. You know, man, I could have done a lot more, but which I do have on a lot of other clothes I designed. But when you go that far, then they become uh, couture because couture deals with specialty, you know, specialty designs, things that you're, you know, special kind of embroideries and things of that nature. You start going that route, you know. Mm -hmm. So as we uh, wrap this up, what, what what advice would you give to? Uh, you know, a, a fashion designer that wanted to enter the game today. Where, where, where should they start, and what um, type of information should they seek before, you know, just jumping out there? If you come from the streets, a lot of this information you're gonna get is gonna come from uh, going on YouTube or some type of station and, and learning. If you go to uh, a top grade uh, fashion institution or school, 
uh, then you'll get a better chance, uh, mainly if you're trying to climb the ladder, because one of the things that the large uh, fashion institutions do do, they do promote their students. They, uh, they teach them about marketing. Uh, they teach them about distribution. They teach them about media, the media, how to attract yourself in the media. They teach you how to put on fashion events. They teach you about locations. They teach you um, basically about the film industry, just about most of all your collective industry, you, you learn uh, of variations of, of, of these activities in these classes, going to these uh, fashion institutions. Not only that, they take you on tours to a lot of the places that like the film industries, you know, like Universal Studios and stuff like that. They'll take you on tour and, and introduce you to people that's in, in those industries that's really sitting there waiting producers and people like that in the wardrobe department who's who's looking for designers who have a special way of making certain types of costumes or things of that nature because, you know, if the person who may be doing this, he may be all around them about to die, they need some fresh meat. So if you come along and you, you know, you're good at what you're doing, they can't argue you or they may make it sound African, but, but you, you get a better opportunity because they introduce you directly to the industry, mm -hmm. you know, trying to say, and they, they connect you with sponsors and investors and people like that because if you're coming from the ground, you're just coming from your home and you know somebody in your house know how to do fashion you just influence like that and you're not going to a school you're going to have a hard time because you have you need people around you that, that that's going to first of all believe in you you got to keep proving yourself year after year after year after year to them that you're pushing the lot the ladder to this thing because once you you know even if for one month you lack off people are going to lack off with you they're going to let all hey you ain't serious you know you ain't going to support people Will support you like you support me. Um, I got a, I got a, a, an extraordinary support system that's definitely there to make sure I go wherever I got to go. And you need that because if you don't have people that believe in you, if you're not giving people something to make them believe, that's the important part. If you're not constantly, 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 constantly coming up with something to make people believe, then you know again too, you're not going to be able to get the. You're going to have a harder time. You know what I'm saying? But you got to kind of do things continuously. You always got to have something to say. Well, if I'm going to make this. It's got to impress at least four, four, 15, 15, 20 people, something. You know mm -hmm. what I'm trying to say? It has to impress somebody. So you have to be working towards that 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 valuable imagery, you know, making people, when they say, oh, man, I like that. Damn, I wish I had, you know, something. And then, you know, you, you're kind of fitting in where you need to go because you go, everything you do, you got to make sure people like it. Mm -hmm. People have to like it because that's people encourage you themselves. If they see something like, man, you really make it, man, you're a hell of a designer. People will tell you what they see in you so you have to do that in order to have that impression following up on you you know uh, going with you when you go in that sewing room you got that material or whatever when you visualize and you're like yeah i'm gonna make this i'm gonna make sure when they see this they gonna like this shit. you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. you, you gotta do that and if you're constantly doing that and you constantly bringing that into life everybody gonna be like man you know so i always was tell people make sure you stay in a, a place of impression Always stay there. Never leave there if you're serious, that is. Yes, sir. I appreciate that, man. That's some good information. You yeah. you spit a whole bunch of knowledge, man, here. I hope y'all listening and paying attention, man. Uh, tell the people where they can find you and uh, where they can uh, support your next upcoming events. Okay. Uh, again, my name is Aja Boa. Um, I, um, I am... Well, let me say this here. If you want to go on my Facebook, you will have to go and spell my name. Uh, it's Alicia Jabur. It's capital I, capital L, 
small a c h e i t s and then jabor capital j a h b o r and you can go on my facebook and be a friend with me and I'll sign you in if i like what i see and uh you know you can scroll down my facebook and see all type of delicious wonderful things i've done throughout the years you want to go on my instagram it's uh all small capitals it's uh i L-A-C-H-E-I-T-S, Alacious, and you can go on my Instagram. And uh, again, too, like I said, I have an event coming up on March the 5th at the Enterprise Building in, you know, uh, downtown San Bernardino. Um, I think anybody that's, in, that's really enthusiastic about fashion, they need to come. You know, they can come there and talk with me. I'm going to have a, a couple of hours of photo shoots and things that, like that going to be going on that's going to be scheduled. You can come in and sit down and maybe have an hour or two chat with me and I will sit down and tell you things that I think that you need to do in order to elevate yourself as an artist, you know. And uh, again, too, the next event after that will be in May and that's the one I'm doing in uh, Cancun, Mexico. Uh, let me get big ups to uh, Dorica Silvers. Um, she's a young lady who was putting together this uh, fashion week in Cancun, Mexico. She's a wonderful lady she lives in arizona she uh she has a modeling agency there she was at my house in august and uh she brought a bunch of models there from her agency and we did a, a nice little fashion photo shoot in my house and uh she has uh, a daughter named uh CeeLo Arby. she's becoming an international model she's becoming famous more and more famous every day and in a minute she's going to be one of those big big names that you're going to be hearing so I'm going to say that name one more time. Her name is CeeLo Arby. Look for her. Any young ladies who uh, is trying to make it out there as a real model, you know, uh, you know, look her up on Facebook or Instagram. This young lady uh, started modeling for me many years ago, but she is the only model I know that is, man, when I say serious, serious. And she's an international figure now. Mm -hmm. she, don't, she, don't, she don't model for famous photographers and people like that. She's going to be one of the main headline models for, for my clothes uh, in the Cancun show that I'm going to be doing in Mexico. It's going to be between May the 15th to the 17th in 2022. That's what's up, man. Check them out, man. Tap in the 5th. I'm definitely probably, I'm going to have to clear the schedule, put that on calendar. I'll be there, yeah. you know, to support. You definitely, we do the red carpet. We'll have the media team out there. We'll do the write-up. Right. So we'll definitely support you, man. But, uh, this has been another great episode, man, of Politic and the Podcast. We had Riverside Studios in Riverside, California. Check out our blog, The Politic and Forum, at thepoliticandforum.com. Check out all our podcasts on The Politic and Radio on all uh, podcast platforms. And check out our YouTube, man. Like and subscribe, man. Run them subscriptions up, man. Politic and the Podcast. I don't know what you're going to do with your life, but I'm going to get to it, man. We out of here. Thank you.